0: Good morning, church family. Let's rise and let's lift up our voices today. Amen. lord's goodness amen amen thank you lord well church we want to welcome you this morning thank you for joining us let's continue to worship let's continue to praise his name church he has given you a name today and that is forgiven that is a friend and that is redeemed can we sing about that as well today let's sing this song together Who am I that the highest king would welcome upon me? I was lost, but he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me. to send jesus die name, the name of Jesus Christ. In the book of Hebrews it says that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice because he too endured suffering while he was here. And it's through Jesus that we are called sons and daughters of
1: We serve a powerful God. Can't you lift up a shout of praise this morning? Come on. Heavenly Father, we come before you bringing you all glory, all honor, all praise, Lord, because to you belongs all the power, God. To you belongs all the glory, God. You are the only God who sent his son to die and to raise from the dead to give us eternal life, God. You have called us sons and daughters, and we give you all glory and honor for that this morning, God. And we speak your name over every mind and every heart, both in here and online or watching this on TV later on, God. I pray blessing. I pray Jesus in every one of our lives and every one of our hearts. It's in your precious and holy name we pray, God. And all God's people said, amen. Church, would you do me a favor? And in the same spirit of worship, let's turn to your neighbor and let's greet one another this morning.
2: Good morning, my family. Good
1: morning, church.
2: Oh, good morning. Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) We want to welcome you into this morning's service. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings.
1: And my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church.
2: Amen. And we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord this morning. And we want to to welcome those uh, worshiping with us as well from our live stream. And maybe even those that are worshiping, even maybe... Maybe it's a Tuesday afternoon and they're, they're they're on our podcast. Oh, yeah. Right? You can download our podcast on, on Spotify or on iTunes. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you're listening to us on our website later on. But we want to welcome you either way because the Lord is up to something good. And we want to catch Absolutely. you up on what the Lord is doing. David, tell us what's going on. We Just a couple of announcements of what's going on before Pastor takes the pulpit. Of course, we just always want to catch you up because there's always something going on. Talk Absolutely.
1: To us, well, today is... Amen. Personally, my favorite Sunday of every month. Today is Baptism Sunday, church. And, man, I'm, I get so excited for every month because this is where we baptize new believers into the family of faith. And so baptisms are happening today after second service. Right out this door, uh, after worship, pastor will dismiss us, or I guess we'll probably dismiss us huh? right. after announcements. Yeah. Second service. We'll go this way for a little class, and baptisms will happen. Right out in the mall after second service today, family, you're more than welcome to stick around and support our brothers and sisters that are making this decision. But also, if you've not yet been baptized, if you've recently made a dedication to live the Christian life, or maybe you've made that decision a while ago and you just have not gotten baptized, it's still not too late. We've got extra clothes for you. We've got towels for you. If you need to make that decision today, we want to make that announcement also, because it's not just Baptism Sunday For those who are already registered, but if you need to make that decision today, we want to extend that invitation. Amen. Uh, And
2: so we want to welcome you to participate in that. And hey, church, uh, another thing that's awesome going on uh, is next week on Thursday, uh, what's really awesome is uh, we have National Day of Prayer, May the 4th. Amen. So May the 4th is going to be Thursday, May the 4th, and that's going to be downtown Civic Plaza. And we want to make sure to invite everybody. Right, so that's just you, but I want you and I want you to invite ten people, and then those ten people invite ten other people, because we're going to be downtown at the Civic Plaza, uh, and it's begins worship begins at 11:30, and it's going to conclude at one o'clock. So if you're in the area and if you have nothing, I mean, I would really love for you to take the time and join us, because we are this nation is under attack. It, we I think we all feel it, no matter where you lie. I think we 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 all can agree that this nation is under attack and we are in desperate need of prayer. Mm. This nation is in desperate need of prayer. And Just one thing uh, that there's been one day dedicated, it's a national holiday, it's a national dedicated day to prayer that has that been dedicated by, is by by President Reagan dedicated this day uh, for National Day of Prayer. If I'm correct, Pastor Richard, he, Pastor Richard will give us, the, I believe it was President Reagan. <laughs> but rewind, I would love for you to join us that day. Amen. Speakers from around the state are going to be there, keynote speakers, and of course, there's going to be this awesome worship service that begins at 1130. So if you guys would join us, it would be really, really, really awesome for you guys to be there. 1130 Civic Plaza, and it concludes at 1 o'clock. So even if, it's, if you can stand for a, if you're in if you work in the downtown area, please join us.
1: Absolutely. And you know, with May coming around, one of the things that stays on our minds, especially for a lot of students, is graduation. And Graduation Sunday is going to be happening May 21st. Uh, if, yes. you, if you haven't been around for Graduation Sunday yet, it's something that we do here at New Beginnings every year. I kind of grew up seeing this happen, and it's, we want to honor our graduates, whether it's from high school, CNM, UNM, or some other sort of program uh, we're going to be honoring all of our graduates from New Beginnings Church. That's going to be Sunday, May 21st. Pastor Mike, can you tell us more about that? Yes,
2: please. Uh, church, uh, so on that Sunday, we are obviously going to be honoring our graduates. Which, can we celebrate the graduates? It's not been easy. Can we celebrate the graduates? It's not been easy. It's not been easy. It has been difficult. It is difficult. It has been really, really difficult. Uh, Getting back into the swing of things, it has been difficult for the children. And, um, and so celebrating our graduates is going to be May the 21st. So if you would like to submit your graduate now, these graduates are for high school and above. So if you're graduate, if you're graduating from high school or CNM community college or any other college like a, like a private college, medical any associate's degree or higher college. A university level, we would love to honor you. And the way to do that is it begins tomorrow morning. So tomorrow morning, you can go ahead and submit that, uh, that photo and everything else, all the information that is going to be available that day, That w- the information that we're going to ask you for is going to be available through our app and through our website beginning tomorrow. You can begin to submit that. So we would ask you to please submit that via our app or our website at nbcabq.com. Or you can do that via the NBC ABQ app.
1: Absolutely. We're so excited for Graduation Sunday. Again, that's May 21st. And along with that, there's just so many things. Yeah happening in the life of the church. God's Warehouse has a concert happening on Friday. We've got Sisterhood. We've got the Men's Breakfast. If you want to stay plugged into all the events that are happening in the life of the church, there's a couple things you can do. Number one, download our app, NBCABQ. That's where we have not just the events, but also sermon notes, ways to tithe, and so many other things. Also our website, NBCABQ.com. And we also have our info booth out in the mall with calendars, handouts, and so much more.
2: That's right. So thank you so much once again, church. And if you haven't had the opportunity to do so yet today, David touched on it just a second ago on the op- the opportunity to give and tithe. Okay. Uh, the opportunity to do that is now, and we have our tithing boxes uh, at every doorway here in the sanctuary for our to to continue moving forward this ministry. And we want to thank you so much for the obedience and your faithfulness in tithing and giving to this church and to the mission and the vision of this ministry. And we thank you for that. And you have an opportunity. The giving boxes are the doorways of every, of every doorway here in the sanctuary. And if not, you can do it via our app or a website as well, or the ways to do it are behind me or on the screen at home. And with that, we say thank you so much once again for your faithfulness in giving and your tithe. And then now we turn it over to Pastor Richard. Pastor, take your pulpit.
3: Thank you, gentlemen. They got me walking without the cane now, guys. But I still have a walker nearby just in case. Thank you, Art. Thank you for your prayers and your encouragement, guys. I'm getting stronger and stronger, so pretty soon. Uh, But guys, we've been doing this sermon series called The Power of God's Mercy for a few weeks now. And yesterday... It was the first Saturday I've had off in two months. So it was like nice. Cindy and I just went for our drive that we usually go on. And, and as we were driving throughout different parts of, uh, from Bernalillo down to the South Valley and every place in between, it was hard to see our city. I love this city. I moved here almost 41 years ago, and we fell in love with this city. But I don't recognize the city that I fell in love with. It's changing so much. And you and I need to be the change that we want to see. You and I need to start living out a life of mercy so that this city will become a merciful city. A city with God's love and peace and grace. The city filled with the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. A city that cares for one another. A city that lifts itself up again. A city that glorifies God. A city that really can make a difference. I'm tired of being at the bottom of of the state's of being last in education, last in, in poverty, last in these things that God wants us to live differently. So, what I want to talk about today is living that life of mercy, living a life that reflects God's mercy. And in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes these words in chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Lord, I pray that we could dissect that verse and look at it, and learn from it, and live a life of mercy. And I pray this in your holy name, Lord Jesus, amen. You know, if we're going to live a life of mercy, the first thing Paul tells us to do, he says, pay close attention to how you conduct your lives. Pay close attention. Do you know that people are watching all the time? All the time. They're always watching. They're always watching how you live your life, how you conduct yourself, how you conduct business. If you shortchange them at the cash register, if you do a dirty deal and you just hurt somebody in that transaction, if you're gossiping or talking about people and being malicious and being mean and backbiting them, they, people observe these things. They see these things. And when they see these things, they go, wow and you call yourself a christian people are constantly watching people are watching that when you don't even know they're watching now our ministry we have a live streaming and for all of you online we love you thank you for being with us we're on youtube we're on facebook we're on the web we're on television we're on different times different stations we're podcasting. We do all kinds of stuff. And I've been going to physical therapy. And I go to physical therapy and there's this guy that I saw there and I go, hey, and I just I say hi to everybody. And he goes, Hey Pastor, how are you? I like, go, well, how are you? And we started talking about how we're doing and what's going on. And and I go, so I go, so Do you come to our church? And he goes, no, no, I don't, you know. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) you know, Well, how how do you know I'm a pastor? He goes, I could just tell by the way you talk to everybody here, but I saw you on TV. And I go, oh, and I got arrested on cops? And he started laughing. And I go, okay, for the record, I was never arrested on cops, you know. And then a few few sessions later, a, a couple days, three days later, whatever, a lady comes up to me and she goes, Excuse me, are you a pastor? And I go, As a matter of fact, I am. And I go, Do we know each other? I go, You look real familiar. She goes, No, but I see you on television all the time. And I told Cindy, Thank God I behave myself <laughs> because they're watching. They're watching. I came out of Walgreens the other day, and this car's coming by, and I, I stopped because I thought, man, this car's going to run me over because it was coming right at me. And he parked, and he stopped right in front of me, literally just a little, probably a foot away. And he goes, Pastor Richard Mansfield? I go, yes, it is. And what's your name? And I said, hi. He goes, we watch you on television all the time. And I'm going, man, Lord, no matter where we go, they're watching. Now, I might be a little bit higher exposure than you, but guess what? People are watching. They're watching you. And that's why he says, pay close attention how you conduct yourself. In verse 15, he says, so be careful how you live. It's important that you're careful how you live. Second thing he tells us to do is discern what is right and wrong, and then do right. So discern what is right, and then do it. He says it right there in verse 15, the second half of that. He says, don't live like fools. Thank God there's no fools in the house. But we have been foolish in the past, haven't we? But he says, instead, like those who are wise, how many times have you done something really foolish? How many times have you stuck your foot in your mouth and you walk around and people could even, you had it in your mouth so long, your foot, your mouth is shaped like a foot and you're going, Oh man, I feel like an idiot. I feel like a fool because I did not discern what was right or wrong. And I chose to do wrong instead of right. Look, we live in a world anymore. Before, it was real clear what was right and wrong. Now, regular TV. I'm not talking cable. I'm I'm just talking regular television. They show stuff on there that you, I don't know about you, I have to change it. I'm like, this is garbage. Or the language they use, you're like, this is television? Primetime television? What's wrong with these people? And and we don't even think about it anymore. Some people use so many cuss words in their everyday life. that's right. That that's their that's their normal just vernacular. This is how they talk, this is how they describe things. Man, did you see that blankety blank Rick? Did you see that? What a blankety blank glorious day. You're like, wait, what? I mean people use words now constantly. They don't even know it's wrong. Yet the, the word saying, don't live like fools. Be wise. Know that it reflects who you are. It reflects what's inside of you. And I've told some people before, hey, I go, you should you should try not to cuss so much. What the blankety blank are you talking about, Pastor? Uh-huh. I'm not cussing. I go, you just did. I blankety blank, I didn't. I go, see, you said blankety blank. They go, oh man, I did say blankety blank, didn't I? Yeah, I go, yeah, you did. See, they don't even know anymore. We need to really quit being like fools. We need to discern what's right and then do it. Make the adjustments in your life that you need to. And then Paul tells us, to utilize our time with great caution and intentionality. Look, this is the way he says it in verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Man, oh man, oh man, these are some evil days, aren't they? I mean, look, Compared to some of you, I'm an old man. Compared to some other of you, I'm a young man. Are you with me? There's people older than me, 20 years older than me. There's people that are 20, 30 years younger than me. But I'm telling you, even for you young people in this room, think of how things have changed drastically just in the last five years. Five years. Now, for us older guys, think how much life has changed over the last 20 years, 30 years. I mean, it has changed so drastically that we don't even recognize the city we live in. We don't recognize the company we work for. Matter of fact, there's some companies we thought were gonna be here forever, like Sears. What happened to Sears? What happened to KDK Mart? See, some of you are going, what's Katie Kmart? You don't even know what Kmart is. It it used to be like a Walmart. But but these things that you thought were going to be here forever. Do you understand? Things are not going to be here forever, including you and me. We're not going to be here forever. So use your time wisely. Use your time wisely to be able to minister and use every opportunity that you might be able to. The guy that walked me out here, Art, has a t shirt that says Jesus Freak. But it looks like he's got it on backwards, like if it's inside out. But he's got it, he's wearing that correctly. And I said, Art, do a lot of people go up to you? He goes, All the time. Hey, you have your shirt inside out. And I told him, Tell him, no, it's just that the Lord works from the inside out. See, God wants us to use whatever we can, use whatever opportunity you have to share Jesus, to share his love, to share his grace, to share his wonder and his splendor. Another thing Paul tells us here, he tells us determine what's really important and respond accordingly. So, it's important that you figure out what's the most important thing and then do it. Look, in verse 17, he says, Don't act thoughtlessly. So, he's saying, You got to get it. Realize what's important. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, he's saying, I want you to be intentional an intentional living, I choose to do this because I know it's going to honor God and I know it's going to bless you. I want to help you. I want to help me. I want to help my family. I want whatever it is. You know, when they were talking about the graduates, the last statistic I had read was, I believe it was 65% of those that start their freshman year only sixty-five percent make it to graduation. We're losing thirty-five percent to dropout. We've gotta make some changes here. We've got to help the young people understand. One of the, danger, the greatest dangers that we face today is a personal and missional distraction that the devil has. He wants you to be distracted, and he wants you to drift. He wants you to start drifting, because when you start drifting, you don't even realize how far you went from center. And it happens. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 1, the writer says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may drift away from it. Man, you drift faster than you think. I'll never forget one time I was teaching in the Cayman Islands and I had gone snorkeling and I was swimming out there and having a blast and And I was the only one. This was during 9-11. My family was supposed to be out there, and they were going to fly out on 9-12. But 9-11 shut all the airports down and all the ships and everything, nothing. And so I was stranded in the Cayman Islands. It was a nice place to be stranded, but I was still stranded. And the guy that I was staying with, he had a cruise boat that he would take you around the island and snorkeling. So he goes... Hey, I know I was going to take your family out, but why don't we still go out? So we went out fishing, deep sea fishing, and then they took me snorkeling. And so I'm out there swimming and having a blast and looking at the coral reef and all the live life under the sea. Just beautiful. And I'm there swimming around, and all of a sudden I come out, and the boat's gone. And I'm like... <laughs> so, man, I'm telling you, man, a little panic kicked in, and I'm like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God, God, where's the boat? Where's the boat? Where's the boat?" Well, the waves are going, and you, you know, and so I'm kicking my legs real hard, and I, you know, got really up out of water and looked around, nothing, looked uh, nothing, nothing, and finally I turn around, and it's behind me, and I'm like, "Oh good, they didn't leave me," but I was. Far, far from that boat. I had drifted in the things that I was enjoying. I got distracted from where I was. I got pulled away from where I was supposed to stay. See, you and I don't set out to be distracted. We don't set out to drift. We don't set out to pull away. But before you know it, you start entertaining things in your life that pull you away from where you need to be. And shame on us because we end up drifting away. And man, it's horrible. Horrible. And sometimes we don't even know how to come back. And so I want to remind us that God's pathway to life of mercy, God has given us a way for us to be able to come back. And one of the things he said, he goes, I want you to live out the great commandment. And the great commandment were the 10 commandments summed up in two. He says right there in the gospel of Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40, a man says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So he's saying, of the 10, which is the most important? So Jesus replies, the first four. Because the first four all have to do with God. And so he answers this way. He doesn't say the first four. What he said is, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. He goes, but there's a second one that is equally important, and that is to honor the last six. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four deal with God, and the last six deal with human mankind. You're not supposed to steal or kill or commit adultery or covet our neighbor's things or bear false witness. And we're we're not supposed, and he says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, all 10, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So he says, if you want to really come back to center and you want to stay on center, keep your focus on loving God and then loving your fellow man. And you know what? Sometimes we say that's easy. (laughs) No, it's not. Because some of the things that we do, some of the behaviors we carry out, definitely do not show that we love God. And some of the behaviors we carry out do not show that we love our fellow man. And it ought to start, first and foremost, in our household. Right in our household, how do you treat your husband or your wife? How do you treat your father or your mother? How do you treat your brother or your sister? How do you treat those that you live with every single day? Then the ones that you do life with every single day, people that you work with, people you go to school with, people you ride the bus with, people that you do life with, how do you treat them? It's important that we treat them with great love. And then he says, I also want you to live out the great commission. And the great commission is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. And that's where Jesus is, he's already risen from the dead And he's telling the disciples, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always even to the end of age. So basically, God's eternal purpose statement, he's saying, he goes, these are the things he wants us to do. The Great Commission, he says, I want you to worship God. I want you to put God first. I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. I want you to serve. I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to share I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to belong, to get baptized and become part of God's church. And then I want you to grow, teach them to obey, help others to grow. That's why we, are, are, we summed it up like this. Reach up, reach in, and reach out because we make a difference. Balancing God's purpose in our life puts us in the pathway of spiritual health, of wisdom, and that we end up becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to reflect our father. Has someone ever told you, oh, my gosh, you look just like your father. You look like, just like your mother. Or they even say, oh, my goodness gracious, you act exactly like your dad, exactly like your mom. Why? Because you picked up traits. And when you were young, if they told you that when you were a teenager, you'd be all, oh, man, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. And now that they tell you that as an adult, they go, oh, my gosh, you have so much of your dad in you, so much of your mom. You're all proud. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Why? Because you realize how brilliant your dad and mom were and how much they poured into you and how much it made a difference because they did. You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the apostle Paul says this, so all of us have had that veil removed, that have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of God, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him, like Jesus, as we are changed into his glorious image. So we ought to reflect Jesus. The other day that I was praying, I said, Lord, please let me become the man that my grandson thinks I am. Because the other day he called me And I had shipped some clothes to him. Cindy and I had bought him some clothes and we had it delivered to him. And it came in his name. So my daughter, his mama goes, look, Tony, this is for you. And when he opened it, he goes, who gave me this, mama? He goes, grandma and grandpa. And he called me up and he goes, grandpa, thank you you're just like Jesus. And I melted and I said, oh God, my Your words become true. My eye live up to the way he sees me. Because I know who I am and I'm not always like Jesus. But if we become more and more like him, we'll reflect the Father. People go, you're Christian, aren't you? There's something about you. You do life different. You, you really care. You really show that you care. Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. But we need to understand that the devil doesn't want us to grow. The devil's mean. The devil's ruthless. You know, I don't know why we actually think the devil will be merciful. Have you ever found yourself saying this? Okay, God, enough, Tell, tell the devil to leave me alone. Like if the devil's going to go, I, poor Richard, I've been banging up on him, beating up on him so much. Ah, poor guy, I better back off. No, he came to kill, to steal and destroy. He wants to annihilate us. He does not want us to be successful. He doesn't want us to have a successful life, a successful marriage, a successful household. He doesn't want us to be successful parents. He doesn't want us to be successful children and siblings. The devil is out to kill us. And you know how he attacks? The devil attacks on the merciful by, first of all, he uses guilt. When you're overwhelmed by guilt because of something dumb you've done, it means you haven't asked God to forgive you. It means you haven't taken it to the throne of God because the Bible says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful, and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, look what he says. Paul the apostle addressed it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, for the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience leads away from sin and results in salvation there's no regret for the kind of sor- for that kind of sorrow but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death so what he's saying there when you're living in this guilt that guilt is supposed to bring you to the throne and you're supposed to say forgive me and that results in freedom and salvation and you're clean and you go wow thank you lord i really felt guilty i felt your holy spirit convict me i was wrong and i made it right thank you lord but when you choose not to do that and you choose not to repent You carry that guilt and it results in spiritual death because it kills you slowly and it just drains you slowly and it totally changes everything. Another way the devil attacks is through distraction. The devil uses distraction. He tries to really blind us from the truth, blind us from the path that God has laid before us. In the gospel of Luke chapter 21, verse 34 Jesus says watch out watch out heads up look out don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life don't let that day catch you unaware man He's saying, don't get caught up in stuff that's going to mess you up. Carousing and drunkenness. He says, your heart gets dull. He's talking about the parting life, that life where you're partying. Even if you don't drink, there's people that party and they don't do drugs or drink. But man, they are so dull to the things of God. They are so dull because they have drifted so far. And God tells us, watch out, watch out, be aware. And man, we get distracted because the devil knows how to get us. And the third thing (laughs) that the devil uses to really pull us away from God are excuses. People use excuses all the time. You and I have used excuses. Haven't you ever gone like, are you going to church at eight? Ah, I'll I'll just watch from home and you put it on your phone or you put it on your TV and and you start watching and you drift away and before you know it you're messing around with other stuff and you're not coming into the presence of almighty God some of you come in the sanctuary and you drift off Oh, I, I don't mean the ones that fall asleep that's why we have cushioned seats. That way you can sleep in comfort. But but I'm talking one the, the ones that get distracted. The ones that are on their phone constantly. And it's not about the sermon. You're not taking notes. Or you're not, there's somebody I know that they're on their phone the whole sermon, and they go, oh, Pastor, please, look, this is what I do. You say something, and I go, oh my gosh, this is good. And he sends it to people and he sends it out. And he goes, I'm texting a bunch of people that didn't come to church the sermon. And I go, I wonder how close to the real sermon you're sending out. <laughs> or are you saying, the pastor's talking about you today? <laughs> but hear me. All kidding aside, we use excuses. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 17 through 18. Jesus had prepared a banquet, and he's saying there was this man that had a banquet prepared, and it said, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guest, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, well, I, I just bought a field, and I've got to go inspect it, and just please excuse me. See, we'll always have an excuse for not coming to church. We'll always have an excuse for mainly not coming to the Lord. Because I could connect with God in church and outside of church, but some people aren't connecting with God whatsoever. So we have to see what the scripture says on how the merciful are supposed to respond. And the merciful, first of all, we respond, we need to learn from the past without letting the past discourage you. Now hear me, don't miss what I just said. Learn from the past, either your past or someone else's, but learn from the past, be able to look into your past, but don't let it discourage you. See, if it's still ripping you apart and it's still messing with your head, that means you haven't healed that in your life. But if you could use it for God's glory and share a testimony out of it, that's where you have learned. In the book of Philippians, chapter 4, I mean, chapter 3, verse 13, the apostle Paul says, oh, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. He goes, I forget the past. He goes, forgetting the past, I look forward to what lies ahead. But that doesn't mean he ignores the past, but he forgets it. Once he looks at it, he learns from it, and then he lets it go. Some of us hold on to the past forever. Man, don't you have someone in your life that has not let go of something from your past? And they still introduce you like that. And you've been free for years, years. Maybe you got arrested 20 years ago. And they go, oh, that dude, that chick, <laughs> yeah, they were arrested. And you really, they got. A, when did they get arrested? Oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, but they got arrested. It's like, man, their job is to report the dirt. They're the dirty reporters. Thank God there's no dirty reporters in the first service. Why do we do that? But we need to learn from our past without getting discouraged by it. Another thing we need to do is be aware of the good things that are distracting us from the best things. Don't miss that. See, God has the very best for us. But one of the greatest temptations that the devil will use are good works and good things. And they're good, but they're not the best. It's kind of like, man, I'm starving, man. I'm so hungry. Well, here, I'll give you a $1 hamburger. But if you wait just 30 more minutes, I'll give you the juiciest prime rib you could get in the city of Albuquerque. You're like, wow, man. I could have the best or, well, I'll just settle for the hamburger. I'll just settle for this. And we take the good over the best. When God is saying, no, I have the best over the good. I want to transform your life. I want to give you the very best. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, let us strip off, take off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. He's saying, I want you to overcome. I want you to settle for the best, not settle for the good. Because I have the best for you, the very best. And the third thing he wants us to do He wants us to make clear cut decisions. Don't be wishy washy. It says a double minded person will not stand. And there's a lot of double minded people. Hey, you want to do that? Yeah, count me in, count me in. Oh, man, this is better. Oh, well, they got enough help anyway. I'll go over here. And, man, you're double minded. In the book of James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, And don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And boy, we fool ourselves all the time, don't we? Well, I'm not that bad. I mean, we could always find someone worse, so we're not as bad as them but there's always someone better, isn't there? And they can make us look bad. That's why we're supposed to compare ourselves to the Lord. He says, don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Do what it says. Don't be a fool. So it's not enough to merely count our days, but it's more important to make our days count. We need to make our days count. We need to live a life of mercy. And sometimes we're just not there. Sometimes we're falling short. And today I want to invite you to really step up to a whole new level of living. So if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never prayed to receive him as your Savior and your Lord, And I'd like to start there. If no one has ever done that and you want to do that, raise your hand. Say, that's me. Anybody here? Anyone? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. We're really excited for you and happy. Is there anyone else? If you raised your hand, go ahead and stand up. We're going to pray with you. This is the greatest decision you're making in your life. I know it was the greatest decision I made. So would you pray? Would you pray with them? Say, Heavenly Father, today I confess that I need a Savior. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Forgive me of my sins, Lord, and let me live for you. I also receive him as my Lord. Lead me and guide me. Be the Lord of my life. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Man, we want to celebrate with you. Can you come up here real quick? I just want to celebrate with you. What a joy, what a joy, what a joy. Oh, my gosh. Praise God. Look, this is Pastor Chris, and that's his wife, Pastor Sonia. They got some material I want to give you. you Oh, it's so good to see you, sis. Man, it's good to see you. Now, I don't know where you're at right now in your walk, but Sometimes they say we're half-stepping. In other words, we're not in it all the way. And God is saying today, would you take a full stride? Would you make those things that you're half-stepping with and correct them today? And I invite you to come to the altar to just pray. For someone to pray with you. And maybe you're afraid to come up alone. Say, would you go with me? And they could come up with you to just pray with you. So would all of you stand with me and let's just believe God to do something really, really great. To move supernaturally. Make your way up if you'd like prayer. Make your way up so that we could pray with you. We still have some time. out the name of Jesus. Say Jesus. Oh how we love you. Father thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And Holy Spirit thank you for living in our life to keep us there. So we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit thanking you for all that you are doing and all you have done for not just those in this room, but those online. God, we pray blessing over them, abundance over them, that, God, they experience the fullness of your word. I pray in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. I want to remind you we have baptism service after the second service. So it'll be about 1215. I hope you'll come back for that. God bless you.